you started off five years ago uh, with Lone Star Capital as a result of the Best Ever Conference, which again, I'm just going to go ahead and brag about that. So thank you for being a story of success. I think you've got the best age to assets under management ratio in the, in the world. Um, and you are very smart. You put out a lot of content, a lot of economic focus and underwriting focus on your content. Uh, as our multifamily representative, um, uh, what's my question here? Can you walk us through the story arc of the economic impact to multifamily from COVID? What's happened over the last two years to multifamily? I think everybody was expecting not great things to happen with forbearance and, and all that stuff, but what, what actually did happen? Right, so as Jim said, we were all predicting this massive downfall, great opportunity. We're gonna sit back and be patient, wait for these discounts, and those discounts never came. I remember getting the call that said, you know what, I'm waiting for the COVID discount. Is it a 5% discount, 10% discount, 20%? We were all arguing what the COVID discount was going to be, and it was, was nothing. It never happened. And because a lot of the players in the space had this mindset, it completely stifled transaction volume in 2020, right at the onset of COVID in March. So that's talking about the transaction side. And then obviously on the operations side, there was a great deal of uncertainty. Are tenants going to pay rent? There, you know, depending on what markets you were in, there was discussion about, you know, the political climate about not wanting to pay rent. So there was winners and losers from an operational standpoint. There was it, uh, COVID exacerbated the long-ranging trends of uh, migration from urban to suburban to the flight to affordability, more quality of life markets. So the winners just became bigger winners, and the losers got hurt even further. Uh, and then, however, we realized that it wasn't as big of a crisis. And then the money started coming, right? Rent relief checks. Everyone's getting rich. Rents are coming in from the government. Tenants are paying also. We're getting record collection months. So it was really a bonanza. And then once the coast was clear and everyone was seeing that things were fine, then the transaction volume kicked off. And really with 2021, it was a, it was a banner year. I don't have the numbers, but it was, it was maybe one of the biggest transaction volume years for multifamily ever. Just because everyone who was waiting for the COVID discounts in 2020 didn't get the deal and we all live off deals, we're all deal junkies. So in 2021, we all came back, we had all this money on the sidelines and it just poured in. So as we talked about cap rate compression, cap rates certainly had to compress around 85 basis points in multifamily as well. And we're seeing them now in the low threes for, for the major growth markets. Okay, so you're in the low threes for your cap rates. Your rent growth last year was what? Depending on where you are, and it wasn't hard to see double digit rent growth. Okay, so double digit rent growth, cap rate compression in an asset class that people started saying in 2016, this stuff is overpriced. Is that that's what you're saying? That's exactly right. Sweet. Price, 20 to 50%. Okay, so are we at a wall now? Have we hit uh, return parity with real estate compared to our other alternative asset classes? Or is it just gonna keep climbing ridiculously to the end of time? <laughs> So the other part about COVID is it wiped out two very large, important real estate asset classes, office and hospitality. All the capital in the world said, we don't like those, we're gonna go elsewhere. And where did they go? They went to storage, industrial, and multi. And those were the darlings, and they performed very well, not just from an operational perspective, but also from a capital demand perspective, right? Cap rates are influenced by interest rates, but even more overwhelmingly influenced by where the money wants to be and money wants to be in multifamily. And so that's why cap rates are low, even as interest rates are rising. So I think we're at a really interesting inflection point now where the Fed has given us some rope 
you know, we've enjoyed low interest rates and they even went lower as a result of COVID, which did nothing but increase prices further, but now they are going up. And I think the increase in interest rates, as some people predict, is going to push cap rates up, but it's, it's never that simple. You have two factors that can keep cap rates low in spite of rising interest rates, and that's number one, lender spreads coming in. Right At the end of the day, we're real estate borrowers, right? We're equity, and the debt we borrow is based on interest rates, the index rate, plus a lender spread. And the spread is how lenders make their money, and spreads have, are now a little bit wider because the indexes have been so low. So lenders have been getting away with a little bit more profit, but I think lenders are going to reel in their profit to allow for transactions to continue. And the other thing is the rent growth. There's a good 18 months left of this big inflationary rent growth that has to work through the system, and that's going to keep cap rates low because people are buying in low on the expectation that growth is going to get them where they